if we want to take a like hard turn somewhere, I'll I take see. A hard turn. I see Random House, like just the publishing company. I see Ovarian Cancer. I don't think it'll be that hard to get. <laughs> I see fun topics left <laughs> and right here, Jason. Let's go with number one. Not, the, not okay. Not two. Random House. Yeah. You wanna? Yeah. You know, a lot of new couples, new married couples, get selected. To write books? To Random House. Oh, I thought it was that place that gives checks. Those giant ha- checks. To, no, that's to a random publisher's house. Publisher's Clearing House. Oh, that's not Publisher's Random House? No, Random uh. House is an American book publisher. So close. And the largest general interest paperback publisher in the world. Ooh, I want my paperback, paperback, paperback. I want my paperback. Random. I want my paperback. I want my paperback. I want my random house books. Literature. Hey everyone, welcome to Wiki University, where we dive down the rabbit hole of Wikipedia to explore the sum of all human knowledge. I'm Kyle Berseth, Dean of this fine institution, and as always, I'm joined by our summa cum laude, Jason Nunez. Woo! College, college, college. Hell yeah, baby. I'm ready to learn. I love books. I love campus life. I love Greek life. That's why I signed up for Wiki University's 10-year program. Classes in session. Two topics in mind. I know you're not gonna like both of, of both of them, probably. All right. Well, hey, this is your show too. I'm just the professor. Okay. My top. My topic was. Was is. Yeah. Commit, <laughs> Jason. Commit to your topic. My topic for this uh, afternoon is wedding uh, superstitions. Okay. Why would I hate that topic? Because. It's something relating to what I kind of just did. Oh, you covered very... moissanite when you got engaged. Oh, yeah, that's we true. We covered arches from your engagement. Now we're covering <laughs> wedding superstitions. This is just becoming a wedding podcast. Yeah, that might get us some numbers. <laughs> okay. Because I went to a wedding convention. It was packed. The ladies were out there, and they're trying to get married. Yeah, and listen to pods. And listen to pods after this uh, after this past year and a half they're they're out there they're ready they're trying to get their um party on can i ask you what's your second topic my second topic was garter (laughs) because that's a more specific yeah well superstition well what what was interesting to me is that that was like a tradition the whole you know, everyone's heard of the bouquet, but yeah. then like the garter, you're supposed to. I always find it a little weird. It when is they weird. Do the garter very thing. weird? Because it's like the the father of right. What? The... <laughs> Wait. Because it's the what? father of the bride. What happens? <laughs> what weddings have you been to? So the father <laughs> reaches up the bride's skirt to get the garter belt. The father of the maid of honor. The, uh, the father of the maid of yeah. honor. If he's invited. <laughs> he's invited. If not. He invites himself. If not, he invites himself. Or someone in his place. He's like, I heard it was my duty to get that. <laughs> um, and, you know, and I find it weird that they do it after a toast. 
So, mm, did they always? Uh, is that a superstition? Did you read up on this? Yeah, it's a superstition. I have a funny that you, feeling you didn't read up on this at all. It's bad luck to not toast before, um, take you know throwing the bouquet or and after and after. Lots you, of toasts. It's like it's like a parentheses. You need them in the you need them in the front as much as you need them in the back. What? <laughs> That's parentheses motto. Yeah, you need Hell them yeah, in the is. front. You know and it you is. You need them in the back. I'm parentheses. I'm parentheses. Okay, so I I think uh, wedding superstitions is a great topic, Jason. Thank you. Could you double check for me that it is that it's coming up on? <laughs> it's a Wikipedia yeah. article. It is a Wikipedia. It is article. okay. Great. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I figured if not, I can just do superstitions. But then I was like, that's too broad. I like the wedding superstitions because there's like. Because you're getting married, and your mom is a superstitious person. She's yes. gonna be doing a lot of things you've probably never even seen her do before. Yeah. While preparing for your wedding. I know. I have to take a milk bath before I take my first steps as a husband. Administered to you by the mother of the best man. Yeah, it's a part of the opening ceremonies. <laughs> the opening ceremony. Yeah, there's also opening. Where you light a torch via. <laughs> What, a, a uh, bow and arrow yeah. from afar? Yes. Okay. I can't wait. Can I get invited to your wedding? Because yeah. I don't want to miss the milk bath. Well, take archery <laughs> classes, buddy, because you're the one that's lighting the torch with the arch. I have to shoot a torch off of Liz's head. Yeah. And if yeah. she survives, then she can get married. That's true. Yeah. It's a superstition. Just a little oh, a wild one we came up with. All right. Well, my topic, Jason, is... As you know, we left Afghanistan recently. We being the U.S. <laughs> I don't Not know. Not you I... and me. We weren't <laughs> podcasting remotely there. We we weren't. Yeah, we we got in late to the whole Afghanistan thing, and we were like, "But they need podcasts first. It go, goes infrastructure and roads and bridges, then schools, then podcasts, and that's when everything crumbled." And we were there in the forefront, <laughs> reporting. The forefront and the and the end, much like parentheses. Oh. Anyway, I was reading about Afghanistan a little bit. And <laughs> brag. I, you I you saw, said that like you're bragging. <laughs> well, I saw a stupid Instagram post that was like. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, this is. That where checks out more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where they did side by side pictures of like Afghanistan in the 1970s, Afghanistan now, but they weren't of the same location or anything. Okay. It was like. A nice boulevard, and then it was like a dumpster on the side of the street. And it's right. like these things aren't. You can't compare and contrast track. with that. Yeah. Yeah. Show me the main street. Show right. me the boulevard. Yeah. I'm sure it's worse, but I went down a little wiki rabbit hole yeah. about what Afghanistan was like in the 1970s, and I came across something called the Hippie Trail. Ooh. Named f- for. Dirty ass hippies. <laughs> what, what, what were you gonna say? I didn't. I don't really know. But what, what, in what way? Like, just what kind of hippies? I thought hippies was a a Western. It is. So I think Westerners used to do a hike, basically from Europe down to Southeast Asia and down to Thailand, based oh. off the map I'm looking at. Here. <laughs> But a lot of it went through the Mideast and uh, Pakistan, Afghanistan, places where you just wouldn't go now. Okay. So. And similar to how ne- right now there's 
a lot of white people would take ayahuasca trips in mm. like South America. Yeah, probably, you but know. probably longer. I mean, Europe to Europe to Bangkok is pretty far. Yeah, man, you can't go. You you can't do the old Bangkok to Afghanistan trip anymore. I, not safely. Damn. Not if oh, you yeah. you look like me. Not, <laughs> not if you you're Bear Grylls. Oh, I dude, that would be an awesome Bear Grylls episode. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that would be great to see him go from Bangkok to. Or through through I, Afghanistan. I think they were actually filming that, and he was trying to get out. He was hanging on the wheel from <laughs> what wheel? Did you see the videos of that? No. Oh, jeez, these poor Afghans were trying to like get on the military planes that were leaving Afghanistan two weeks ago or three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. And there were people hanging on the wheels of the plane, and it took off. Wow. And, you know... Couldn't hang on too long. I've mentioned it before, this movie before. Commando, yeah. he gets up in the plane. The opposite this time. Yeah. So. Or maybe he... Oh, actually, I think Commando, he jumps out of the plane at it, the last second. Like, it's taking off, and he jumps out of the plane. This is the bad... No, this is the bad guy? You're talking Arnold, Arnold. When he gets on. Arnold kills the guy that's chaperoning him to the bad guy. Yes. And then he goes below deck... Gets on the, on the wheel and jumps out of the plane. Oh, because from the, like yes, with no parachute from like, two hundred feet up. <laughs> Great film. We should yeah. We yeah. gotta watch that. We gotta watch we that gotta watch for that. the Patreon. For the Patreon. All right. Well. That, well, way to put us in that in that mindset. That's yeah. That's terrible. Well, you brought up Bear Grylls. Uh, no, I I liked it. I fully support what you said because we're partners in this. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by it. All right, so do you want to go from hippie trail to wedding superstitions or wedding superstitions to hippie trail? I'd, you know, I could go for either or, but let's do hippie trail to wedding, wedding superstition. It's going to be tough for me to say, even though wedding it's superstition. fully in English. Yes. Wedding superstitions. Are you going to read a little bit about wedding superstitions? Yeah, I mean, I think... If we get to weddings, we could do it. But yes. You know what? I never even thought about that. On the way here, when I was thinking about the topic, I was like, well, let's see how I can sell this to him. Well, we can go to superstitions and eventually we'll find the... Jason, see also. Don't, don't pre-plan these in your head. You're Don't strategize how you're going to talk me into this. Well, no, because you've been very anti my my topic sometimes sometimes especially when you look around the room and <laughs> pick a topic yeah that is when i've been mostly against your topics <laughs> yeah so is now there an article for table <laughs> what about microphone you know kyle i've always been curious about the first podcast can we read an article about podcasts <laughs> Hey, right. that's not a half bad idea, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to put an hour on the clock Wonderful. starting now, and we'll start with a little description of wedding superstitions. A wedding is a celebratory ceremony where two people are brought together in matrimony. Wedding traditions and customs differ across cultures, countries, religions, and societies in terms of how a marriage is celebrated, but are strongly symbolic and often have roots in superstitions, 
for what makes a lucky or unlucky marriage. Superstition is often linked to practices involving luck, fate, or prophecy, and while many weddings are now more focused on celebratory traditions, many are still practiced, and numerous well-known wedding traditions have roots and superstitions from previous ages. I'll tell you what happened at my wedding. My friend Brian Gladnick, who was one of my groomsmen, he said, we're going to do the, uh, I don't even really know what it's called, but it's a Jewish tradition. With the chairs? With the chairs. Yeah, that'd be cool. He did it. Yeah? And yeah, I don't know. Maybe you were there for it. but he I would, don't think I got a chance to carry you. No. White Bones and I were up on the chairs. I, did, I do remember around. the pictures now, yes. And Christine, White Bones' family was like, Why? Is Kyle Jewish? Did we just find out Kyle's Jewish? <laughs> Today, the day on my daughter's wedding, I find yeah. out that the, the groom. That's great. He's Jewish. Dude, it was so fun. I believe the rule is you only need one Jewish friend uh, in the party. Is that the rule? To initiate it. And then we're good to go. Turns out you don't need any Jewish friends in the party. What, really? Is that on paper? Brian's not can I get, Jewish. Can I get that in an email? And it Wait, happens. really? <laughs> yeah. Wait, I thought Brian was Jewish. No, I think he I think he had been to a Jewish wedding at one yeah. point and was like, this seemed fun. Let's get Kyle and White Bones It up seems there. very fun. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Because it feels like I could fall, but then everyone's got you. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little lightweight twink, you know? Yeah, yeah, you Can't are. Drop me. Yeah, you little spinner. <laughs> if anyone drops me, I bounce right back up on the chair. No oh, problem. Yeah, you'll be good to go. All right, so the hippie trail. Here we go. The hippie trail or the overland. That goes from like your your balls to your uh, <laughs> belly button, <laughs> right? Belly button. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's a bunch of little people hiking across yeah. there. I think it's uh, bad luck to have. To not have a hippie trail on your wedding night, really? Yeah, for Is both right? for both the groom Man and, and the bride. <laughs> well, the hippie trail is the name given to the overland journey taken by members of the hippie subculture and others from the mid nineteen fifties to the late nineteen seventies between Europe and South Asia, mainly through Iran, Afghanistan, Pakistan, India, and Nepal. The hippie trail was a form of alternative tourism, and one of the key elements was traveling as cheaply as possible, mainly to extend the length of time away from home. The term, quote-unquote, hippie, became current in the mid to late 1960s. Beatnik was the previous term from the later 1950s. In every major stop of the hippie trail, there were hotels, restaurants, and cafes for Westerners, who networked with each other as they traveled east and west, the hippies tended to interact more with the local population than traditional sightseers did. The hippie trail uh, largely ended in the 1970s after the Iranian Revolution and the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan. So but we can blame it on the Russians, actually. Um, so, I don't know. This is a big article. There's roots, methods of travel, decline of the trail, in pop culture, uh, guides. Real quick, I want to ask about Beatnik. That, so, that was the name for hippies before hippies? Yeah. That, that, is that according what I was saying? to this. And I think the Beatniks were like the poets of New York City or San Francisco had a big Beatnik movement. Because I've heard that before. Kind of those like, t- like uh, you know, the... T- 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 
Uh, or like, um, you know, like the Greenwich Village type people of the late 1950s, early 1960s. I've heard, I've heard Greenwich Village so many times. No idea. No idea what it would like. I couldn't paint a picture of it. Well, it was. The, I can't even do it inside my head. It was the epicenter of the folk movement, not folk movement, folk music in the 1960s. But I think there was also like weird and folk music is like. Bob Dylan was, okay. was, is probably the biggest example, but Peter, Paul, and Mary. The Saints? <laughs> the Saints? <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. Peter, Paul, and Mary, the Saints. <laughs> Who's Peter, Paul, and Mary? They're uh, the folk th- band. Three of the Beatles? Actually, a good thing, reference point that you might have is, is the Coen Brothers movie Inside Llewellyn du- Davis. Have you seen that? I haven't seen that ah, one. Out of all of them, I haven't you, seen that. That makes sense. If you don't have any interest in the folk movement, then you might not have interest in that movie. I saw, um, is it in, Into the Wind or something with the wind? A Mighty par- Wind. A Mighty Wind? Yeah. That was great. That's a good one. That's yeah. And that's folk music? That's a parody of folk par- music. Okay. And I think the general Greenwich Village scene. Okay. Yeah. So Okay. So that's what I should be thinking of ish. Sure. Okay. Put, so- <laughs> put something that I know. Because again, well, when you I tried. And I you know it's funny. Yeah, yeah. And you know it's funny. I've heard, uh, uh, what is it? Greenwich Village? Greenwich. Yeah. Greenwich? <laughs> the Greenwich Project? I o- starring Bob Dylan? <laughs> Whenever I hear Greenwich Village or whatever, Greenwich. I always imagine just a, like a sandwich. Like a green, like a heavily, oh, like heavily a style of sandwich. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like oh, <laughs> it's, it's a, a vi- lot of lettuce. It's a village. Yeah, exactly. It's a village that makes like you know heavily saladed sandwiches. A green wedge. Yeah. Whoa. Was that a firework? Yeah, that was a firework during the day. There. Yeah. Sometimes uh, in this neighborhood, at wait, so Berseth Studios. How do we see it, or how do we not see it? Well, I heard it. Well, why do they do it in the day, then? Hey, man. It's about to expire? I'm going to say, this is closer to your culture than mine, <laughs> so you tell me. I'm just saying that I couldn't see it, so no one could enjoy it at all. What was the point of that? You can hear it. I don't know. What? You can don't hear. You don't, you don't go into the fireworks to hear it. They probably know we're you... podcasting, <laughs> and they want to get on the show. No one goes, I can't wait for the 4th of July to hear all the fireworks. <laughs> well, there's some people that do, Jason. Anyway, I don't know. It's a Sunday, you know. And it reminded me of home, of Virginia, when I used to hear the cannons um, just shoot in the morning over by Fort Totten. Fort something. <laughs> all right. We got we to gotta get moving here. So that was, I told you about beatniks as best I could, but we could go further. So methods of travel to keep costs low, journeys were carried out by hitchhiking or cheap private buses that traveled the route. There were also trains that traveled part of the way, particularly across Eastern Europe through Turkey and to Tehran, blah, blah, blah. From these cities, public or private transportation could then be obtained for the remainder of the trip. The bulk of travelers were Western Europeans, North Americans, Australians, and Japanese. Ideas and experiences were exchanged in well-known hostels, hotels, and other gathering spots along the way, such as Yenner's Cafe and the Puddin Shop in Istanbul, Siggy's on Chicken Street in Kabul. Kabul? Kabul? How do they pronounce that? It's in Afghanistan. Kabul? Kabul. Yeah, like Henry Kabul. 
or the Amir Kabir in Tehran? Why are you laughing? Because I made myself laugh with the Henry Cavill. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Many used backpacks, and while the minor- uh, majority were young, uh, older people and families occasionally traveled the route. A number drove the entire distance. They do have a picture of like one of those uh, VW buses all okay. painted up. Oh, wow. And you said some of them were families, too? Families, yeah. Can't wait to, for that family vacation through Iran. <laughs> you, me, white bands, and lizards. <laughs> uh, I hate to say it, Jason, but you're going to be the face of that trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not a great face for do it. Do your best. Yeah, I'll do my best. Let's see. The decline of the trail. Ooh. The hippie trail came to an end in the late 1970s with political changes in previously hospitable countries. In 1979, both the Iranian Revolution and the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan closed the overland South Asia route to Western travelers, and uh, some other places also became less inviting. So Western travelers? What if a native there was just like, I'm going to do this trail now? I think they'd be okay to do it. Okay. I mean, well, I don't know. I I think for a revolution to happen, there have to be two warring sides. So I have to imagine some people would be okay. Some locals would be okay, while other locals, not so much. Mm. I don't know. In the Middle Eastern route, the Yom Kippur War, never heard of that. Also put in place uh, strict visa restrictions for Western citizens in Syria, Iraq, and Lebanon. Can you imagine doing this trip? Uh, <laughs> your face just <laughs> looks so gross. <laughs> well, imagine is, someone now said to you, all right, I got a great summer vacation <laughs> idea. We're going to start in June, go until the end of August. <laughs> We got this, you know, dead middle of summer. Yeah, we're gonna find ourselves. Hear me out. <laughs> we're going to Turkey, Iran, Syria, Iraq, Lebanon, uh, <laughs> Afghanistan, Pakistan, and Thailand. <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds delicious. It does, but sound it sounds delicious. rough. But it definitely sounds delicious. So you really just have to outweigh it. Are we going to Flavor Town <laughs> along the way? Yeah. <laughs> Or, are you, like, are you okay with the possible, you know, uh, safety hazards? Or is, yeah, or is just Flavortown, um, USA? You're <laughs> Guy Fieri travels to hey. all the dimes of Syria, Iraq, and Lebanon. Yeah, all the local uh, Le- Lebanese um, dive bars. Right. Okay, locals also became increasingly wary of Western travelers, notably in the region between Kabul and uh, Peshawar, where residents became increasingly frightened and repulsed by unkept hippies. (laughs) Well, I think that happened here, too. Mm. Who were drawn to the region for its famed opium and wild cannabis. Whoa, wild cannabis. I guess it is a weed. Yeah, those those hippies just ruin everything, don't they? They just... After a while... In pop culture, the 1981 song, Down Under. Do you know that song? From Australia? Here's a quick aside. I mean, no, because I'm Gen Z. White Bones and I went to an event here in L.A. recently at the Australian Consulate or something like that. It was a wine tasting event, part of her job. And the dude that 
wrote and sang that song got up and sung it and sung it yeah and performed it hey, yeah that's cool it with, was with cool. instruments with live instruments just an acoustic guitar because okay. it was unplanned okay there they had a musician playing already and then wait so he just happened to be there and he was like yeah he, i'm gracious enough to bless y'all with the, a little with a little something song. something yeah yeah okay that's so anyway cool. yeah he played down under um only in california Ooh, the Rolling Stones song Sympathy for the Devil appears to reference the dangers of traveling along the hippie trail in the 1960s in the lines, and I laid traps for troubadours who get killed before they reached Bombay. And then Charles Soberas' crimes along the hippie trail are depicted in the 2021 eight-part BBC drama series The Serpent. I wonder what his crimes were. Should I go to that dude? Let's find out more about this guy. And he's uh, American? Uh, Charles Sobra is a French serial killer, fraudster, and thief who preyed on Western tourists traveling the hippie trail of South Asia during the 1970s. He was known as the Bikini Killer due to the attire of several of his victims as well as the Splitting Killer and the serpent due to his snake-like ability to avoid detection by authorities. Sobra is currently imprisoned in Nepal. It is thought that Sobra murdered at least 20 tourists in South and Southeast Asia, including 14 in Thailand. He was convicted and jailed in India from 1976 to 1997. After his release, he retired. Wait, retired? retired? From what? From, from serial killing. Guys, <laughs> I put in my time. You put in a conference for my it. Four hundred one k did great while I was in prison. It's one hell of a time for me watch. to retire. So he retired, promoting his infamy in Paris. Sobra later returned to Nepal in two thousand three, where he was arrested, tried, and received a life sentence. He just couldn't stay couldn't in Paris. Couldn't help himself. He, oh man. So he's in. He's in prison now, still? In Nepal. How old is he? For a life sentence. How? He's 77. Wow. Killed 20-some people. And when they say 20-some people, you know it's got to be like 40. Yeah. There's other, I mean, Especially all with along his track the hippie record. trail. Right. Yeah. Come on. Described as handsome, charming, and utterly without scruple, he used his looks and cunning to advance his criminal career and obtain celebrity status. He enjoyed his infamy... Charging large sums for interviews and film rights. He has been the subject of four biographies, three documentaries, an Indian film, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, that's him. Should we see if he ever got married? Got married? <laughs> yeah. I mean, personal life. All Who's right. his wife? Who, of the serpent. Who is the esposa del serpent? Well, the esposa del serpent. In 2010, he married his interp interpreter in prison. Nice. Uh, who <laughs> was also the daughter of his lawyer, who was 20 years old and 44 years younger than him. One of his jail jailers told Paris Match in 2021, quote-unquote, it's a legend. There is no proof of their union. She told the media that his gaze and his eyes were mesmerizing and that his French charm has done everything. In 2017, she gave him blood to save him during an open-heart operation. There's no link to anything about marriage, though. So I mean, 
she gave him her blood, you got to lock that down, bro. I think he did lock her down. You think it's bad luck to get married in the prison? <laughs> are you the one in prison or the one not in prison? You're you are in prison. But then like you have to think like, ah, it's not like the best destination wedding. <laughs> no, it's not great. It's not ideal, but you know. But there is room for like a lot. There's a lot of room for like uh, at least I'm gonna guess 500 guests. <laughs> yeah, no invites. They're just there. <laughs> All right. Well, we should move on, Jason. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, there's a newspaper called the Himalayan Times. I'm guessing they mostly cover Everest deaths and then salt. And salt? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Himalayan sea salt. <laughs> That's the two things they cover. <laughs> Everest deaths and salt. Uh, you know, we could go to something like contempt of court. If we want to take a like hard turn somewhere, I'll I take see, a hard turn. I see Random House, like just the publishing company. I see Ovarian Cancer. I don't think it'll be that hard <laughs> <laughs> I see fun topics left <laughs> and right here, Jason. Let's go with number one. Not, the, not okay. Not two. Random house. Yeah. You wanna? Yeah. You know, a lot of new couples, new married couples, get selected to write books to Random House. Oh, I thought it was that place that gives checks, those giant ha- checks. To, no, that's to a random publisher's house. clearing house. Oh, that's not publisher's random house? No, random uh. house is an American book publisher. So close. And the largest general interest paperback publisher in the world. Ooh, I want my paperback, paperback, paperback. I want my paperback. Random. Paperback. I want my paperback. Paperback. I want my paperback. I want my random house books. <laughs> Literature. Random House was founded in 1927 by Bennett Cerf and Donald Klopfer two years after they acquired... <laughs> so this just sounded made up. It sounded like you were making that last name up. Yeah, Cerf and Klopfer. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound made up. When Anytime there's an L and an F. Yeah, yeah. And they both have Fs in their last name. But Two years after they acquired the modern library imprint from publisher Horace... <laughs> live right which <laughs> reprints classic works of literature surf is quoted as saying we just said we were going to publish a few books on the side at random we're which just joking suggested the name random house in 1934 they published the first authorized edition of james joyce's novel ulysses anyway they got bought in 1998 by bertzelman ag blah blah oh and they merged it with Bantam Doubleday. Ooh, Bantam Doubleday. Yeah. Oh, what I did think they do? Doubleday was in in uh, Seinfeld. I think Elaine might have worked for Doubleday briefly or something. Is that right? It's Maybe. not ringing a bell, but it sounds catchy. DD. Double Flows D. Flows off the tongue. Yeah. I mean, I could go to Doubleday, or we could get off of this topic. I'm getting. I'm getting off already. Oh no! Put your pants back on, Jason. <sighs> God, okay. I don't see anything particularly. Interesting. I just see a lot of names here. Let's go to that uh, surf guy or the uh, more Donald Klopfer. Klopford. All right. Yeah. Let's see what Donald uh, DK did. Donald Simon Klopfer was an American publisher, one of the founders of uh, Random House, blah, blah, blah. Klopfer was the quiet, 
inside businessmen's to serfs quite visible and gregarious Mr. Outside personality. Uh, he was born in 1902 in New York City to Jewish parents. Oh, we could go to Jewish traditions, wedding Weddings, traditions. That's true. All right, let's find out a little bit about him, how he at least came to... To become Jewish? <laughs> wow, they got his dick off and that was that. <laughs> Is that how it works? Yeah. Okay. I cut my dick off uh, once every year just to be more Jewish. Grows back like a lizard? <laughs> yeah. Like a lizard tail. As a young man, Klopfer worked as a treasurer from 1921 to 1925 for his stepfather, who was a diamond cutter at the United Diamond Works, incorporated in Newark, New Jersey. In 1925, his friend Bennett Cerf, who we mentioned, presented him with an opportunity to buy for $200,000 the classic imprint Modern Library, uh, which were all the classics, I guess. $200,000 in 1926 or 1925? That's a lot. That's a, That's lot, a lot to just have lying around. Right. Um, they increased the series' popularity and in 1927 began publishing general trade books, which they selected at random. Thus began their publishing business, which in time they named Random House. It used its logo, a little house drawn by Surf's friend and fellow Columbia alumnus Rockwell Kent. That guy sounds like a straight-up... Uh, hard ass. He <laughs> sounds like a real hard ass. Buns of steel, that guy. We can go to Can't Rockwell Kent, him. but... <laughs> sounds not. like a real Sigma. What's a Sigma? Oh, you don't even want to know what that Sigma is. I just asked. They'll, they'll hold frame until you fucking die. What? <laughs> what are you saying? You never heard of Sigmas? Teach the professor, Jason. What's a Sigma? Sigmas uh, are like if two alphas fucked each other and had a little baby. Oh, and that's a Rockwell Kent. And that's a Rockwell Kent, a Sigma. A Sigma. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, Surf's talent... <laughs> Yeah, take it in. In building and maintaining relationships, brought contacts with such Sigma-esque writers as William Faulkner, John O'Hara, Eugene O'Neill, James Mishner, Truman Capote, Theodore Seuss Geisel. Oh, Dr. Seuss. And others. This is before he got his PhD? Yes, that's pre-PhD Dr. Seuss, yeah. Doctor, And he went by what? Side school? Theodore Seuss Geisel. Anyway, um, do you want to go to Jewish, or do you? We could go to Doctor Seuss and try to. Doctor Seuss is Jewish, is he, or I is he German? I thought he was a known anti-Semite. Maybe no. Did really? I get that? He got canceled. Is that, like, is that an article he got you read like a year ago? Is that? Let's see. I went to Doctor. Is that Seuss. a headline you you read? Uh, let's see if I can find the latest issues with Doctor Seuss. I can't. Um, everybody thinks he's great. Well, I mean, I don't care. I just didn't know that. Maybe got, I'm thinking of Hitler. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he got canceled recently, too. Recently? Yeah, which I thought was a little late. <laughs> uh, anyway, Dr. Seuss was an American children's author, political was. cartoonist, illustrator. <laughs> yeah, he died in prison? 1991. Which in prison? Is, more recently, no, not in prison. Oh. <laughs> uh, would have been a good story if he died in prison. No, that would have been a terrible story. Did he get married in prison? 
He wasn't in prison, Jason. He was, but he was married. Uh, he did have a spouse. Yes, a Mrs. Seuss. A uh, Helen Palmer Geisel. Okay. She died in 1967. She was known professionally as Helen Palmer. She was an American children's author, editor, and philanthropist. She was also the founder and vice president of Beginner Books and was married to fellow author Theodore Seuss Geisel, better known as Dr. Seuss, from 1927 until her death. Her best-known books include Do You Know What I'm Going to Do Next Saturday? I Was Kissed by a Seal at the Zoo, Why I Built the Boogle House, and A Fish Out of Water. I've read all of those. Those are my favorites. Whoa, illness and suicide. Palmer died by suicide in 1967 with an overdose of barbiturates after a series of illnesses spanning 13 years. Which barbiturates? Do you want barbiturates? I don't really know. Is that a last name? Barbiturates. No, it's a drug. Oh. Hey, I'm Joey Barbiturates. <laughs> Joey is their first name? Joey. Oh, Joey. <laughs> I thought you said Joey Barbiturates. Maybe I did. I don't jo- know. <laughs> but I meant to say Joey, <laughs> to be honest. Hey, Joey Barbiturates. Hey, Joey Barbiturates. My drug dealer. Well, a barbiturate is a drug that acts as a central nervous system depressant. Barbiturates are effective as hypnotics, anticonvulsants, but have physical and psychological addiction potential as well as overdose potential, among other possible adverse effects. Anyway, that's a barbiturate. Do you want to hear her suicide letter? Yeah. Is it like a two-pager? No, it's, it's short and sweet. Like a postcard? Dear, so her husband, she, <laughs> now, <laughs> would you have said Dear Ted or Dear Dr. Seuss? Oh, I would have called, yeah, like uh, d- uh, Dear Seuss Dog. Yeah, Dear Seuss Dog. Dear my sweetest Seuss. My sweetest Seuss. What happened to us? I don't know. And then she starts rhyming. No. <laughs> <laughs> what, what does happened it say? to us? I don't know. I feel myself in a spiral going down, down, down into a black hole from which there is no escape, no brightness. And loud in my ears from every side, I hear failure, failure, failure. I love you so much. I am too old and enmeshed in everything you do and are that I cannot conceive of life without you. My going will leave quite a rumor, but you can say I was overworked and overwrought. Your reputation with your friends and fans will not be harmed. Sometimes think of the fun we had through all the years. Wow. That's terrible. That is, that, yeah, it's a suicide oh. note, but she. I think she was a little selfish. Really? Yeah. You know, I don't like when people say people that commit suicide are selfish. Well, I don't. Not, you're basing it off the letter. I'm basing it off the letter. I'm not even saying that the suicide was selfish, but like, why? Would you open with what happened to us? Mm. Like that puts a lot on, on Seuss. Him. Yeah, on Seuss. Yeah. Well, kill yourself all you want, but like, why <laughs> bring? Well, to the listeners just, yeah. out here, don't kill yourself all you want. Call the suicide prevention hotline first. But go on. What I mean is, if she wants to kill herself, that's fine. Why take somebody down while she's, while doing? Yeah. It. Yeah, that's and, a good and, question. But see, and then I love you so much. I am too old and enmeshed in everything you do and are 
that I cannot conceive of life without you. But clearly, she conceived it pretty quickly. No, I think with without... Well, see, that's interesting, but I, I get... I understand that more because that's like if he were to be gone from her life. Right. Well, that's what she can't. Let me read a little bit more. Okay, there's more. Now, that's the end of the letter, at least in here. Okay. But Ted later described his reaction to her death, quote unquote, I didn't know whether to kill myself, burn the house down, or just go away and get lost. Instead, I wrote the Lorax. I'm just kidding about that part. <laughs> Uh, Is there a, isn't that a rumor? I wrote green eggs and ham. <laughs> Hop on pop. <laughs> isn't that a rumor that the Lorax is based on a, his uh, wife committing suicide? No. No? Are you sure? I'm not sure, actually. But about Helen's death, uh, Ted's niece Peggy commented, whatever Helen did, she did it out of absolute love for Ted. Secretary Julie Olf called Helen's death, quote-unquote, her last and greatest gift to him. Eight months later, in June 1968, he remarried. Ted married Audrey Diamond, with whom he had been having an affair before Helen's death. So there you go. Damn. Dr. Seuss. That's why he got canceled. <laughs> oh, because he was uh, People find banging out about around. That. Yeah. I've been banging around this town. <laughs> Kelly Crest. Well, I think you're gonna say like I've been banging around this town, this town that I used to frown, <laughs> <laughs> but now that frown is upside down. Ever since I started banging all around town, <laughs> pretty good, Jason. Can we get an illustrator? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I could go. How how are we doing on time here? We got wow, we got 25 minutes. I feel like we've covered a lot of ground here. We have. I think we're getting. A, we're reaching. She wrote a book. Called Design for Death. Now, I could click on that and maybe go to death, funeral, weddings, and death. They're kind of related. A little bit, but I don't know if we can full circle them in one Wikipedia article. Well, we're bouncing around, man. There's also, she wrote a book called A Fish Out of Water, which could get to, like, the idea of a fish out of water. I don't know. Or we could go, we could backtrack and go to Jewish. The, what happened to the Jewish route? Well, that was I don't not, find that to be, I don't I don't think going to the Jewish route is backtracking, Kyle. Well, hey, 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 you're putting words in my mouth. What else can I stuff in there? <laughs> Into my mouth? Yeah. A pastrami sandwich? <laughs> okay. If we're going Jewish. Yeah. Or is that a, is that a Jewish meal? Pastrami? I would say Jewish delis are known for like their sliced meats. Are all pastrami's kosher? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, that, I'm not sure. What's on a Reuben? I, Reuben's one Reuben's of my favorites. Are Jewish? I don't know. I feel like they serve them at Jewish delis a lot, but I'm not sure what's kosher and not. Kosher. I've only been to Italian delis, not Jewish delis. No way. You I haven't swear. been to real delis. Though. I really. I. I guess. Wait. So. <laughs> yeah. Shots fired at the Italian. Yeah. No shoot back. <laughs> hey, I'm Joey Barbichwitz, and I'm here to <laughs> stuff a sandwich in your face. Okay. Extra prestami. Prestami? Prestami. <laughs> let's let's move on though, man. Oh, we could go to girls' high school. 
<laughs> what? What does that mean? I don't know. She then spent three years teaching English at Girls High School oh. in Brooklyn. It's just called Girls, Girls High, High School. School. This is like the beginning of educating females, I feel <laughs> like. They're just like, what do we call it? Girls High School. <laughs> the, what city was it in? Girl, like Brooklyn. Cause oh, Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. What neighborhood? Was it called Girl? Uh, do you want? You're asking questions. Do you want me to click on it? Sorry, I'm a student. You are a student. Okay, Girls High School. Beautiful looking building. Is a history. Whoa, easy. Well, look at the first. Listen to the first. Whoa, look at here. the way that building's dressed at Girls High School. <laughs> Whoa, she's asking for an education. <laughs> Girls High School is a historically and architecturally notable public secondary school. Ooh, uh, secondary. Located at 475 Nostrand Avenue in the Bedford-Stuyvesant neighborhood of Brooklyn, New York City. I think that's where Chris Rock is from. The building was designed by James W. Naughton, superintendent of buildings for the Board of Education of the City of Brooklyn. It is regarded as a masterpiece of Victorian Gothic style, blending Gothic revival and French Second Empire styles. The Second Empire influence is visible in the Mansford, Mansard roof, the Gothic influence in the pointed arch windows. Now, we could go to Gothic revival, and I guarantee churches was a big thing. Churches, weddings, wedding superstitions. And also just religion. Churches, like, they have their own superstitions about weddings. Oh, yeah, well, sure. You know. Do you want to know some of the... Notable alumni from Girls High School. What's this called? Girls High School. Girls High School. I've never heard of, I don't think, any of these people. Uh, Maybe Lena Horne. I've heard of Lena Horne. She's a singer and actress. I haven't heard. Roxy Roker, or Rocker, actress and mother of Lenny Kravitz. Oh, wow. I didn't know Lenny Kravitz's mother was a musician herself. Sure, things like that never run the family talent. Skips a generation. <laughs> uh, Betty Smith was the author of A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, which I think is a pretty well-known book, but I've never read it. Was, what it, is it about? Tree Grows in Brooklyn? Wow, you have all these questions today. Uh, it's a 1943 semi-autobiographical novel written by Betty Smith. The story focuses on an impoverished but aspirational adolescent girl and her family living in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, New York City, during the first two decades of the 20th century. It was an immense success. It was also released in an armed armed services edition the size of a mass-market paperback to fit in a uniform pocket. I almost got shot, but a tree grows in Brooklyn. Stop the bullet. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) One Marine wrote to Smith, quote-unquote, I can't explain the emotional reaction that took place in this dead heart of mine. A surge of confidence has swept through me, and I feel that maybe a fellow has a fighting chance in this world after all. Damn, that was an Amazon review? That that was an Amazon review during World War II from a Marine. And he he still gave only one star. (laughs) That's fucked up. I couldn't finish the second half of the book because there was a bullet through it. <laughs> so anyway, I went back to the girls' school. Let's go to Gothic Revival. I think that's a great idea. Let's go Gothica up. Let's go Gothica. Look at this church that's right here. First picture on Wikipedia. 
I don't like cathedrals. They turn me off a little bit because that's maybe the one thing that turns you off. Everything <laughs> else gets you fully around. Everything else, <laughs> game on. Wow. But cathedrals scares me a little bit. Reminds yeah. me of the Omen and old those old movies when the devil is going to church. And, dark and shadowy, yes. and the only light is like from stained glass windows. Yes, well, angels are like crying blood on the statues it's all very mm. scary well gothic revival is an architectural movement that began in the late 1940s in england its momentum and interest grew in the early 19th century when increasingly serious and learned admirers of neo-gothic style sought to revive medieval gothic architecture i'm gonna go to gothic architecture and i want i do want to know why it's scary it's scary yeah. It was a dark time back then. It was, yeah. It was probably during the Middle Ages. It was very, didn't they use religion specifically, Catholicism as a terror tactic? Oh, like, like was it like go to hell. Yeah. So it's all like Interesting. spooky and everything's above you and haunting you and, 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 you know, looking over your shoulder for a ghost or two. A ghost. Or a demon. Also known as Jesus Christ. Yeah. The Holy Ghost. The number one ghost. The number one. (laughs) Jesus is my number one. Your number one ghost. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, the so I went to Gothic architecture. The defining design element of Gothic architecture is the pointed or ogival arch. The use of the pointed arch in turn led to the development of pointed rib vault and flying buttresses combined with elaborate tracery and stained glass windows. They're even more scary the more like isosceles it is. Isosceles, like pointy. Yeah. You're you're gesturing pointy. Yeah. The yeah. more the more isosceles the building is, the thinner it is, the, and the pointier it oh, is. Oh, like steeper, cre- steeper. Yes, yes. Mm. That's even creepier to me, especially when it's like in the city in New York, smashed up against like buildings, like normal buildings. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like you're into it now. A little bit now. No, the normal buildings what gets me off. The cathedrals <laughs> gross. I don't mind them. I, you know, I, I think they're kind of interesting. I like the flying buttresses. Scary things turn me off. I don't like a lot of scary things. I don't like scary movies, except for the movies, scary movies, because that's not scary. <laughs> oh, the comedy movies, yeah. scary movies. Okay. Do you want me to click on scary movies, <laughs> the series? It's not in here. I guess I should go to church, right? Or yeah. Canterbury Cathedral. That's a picture they have here. Canterbury Cathedral is in Canterbury, Kent, is one of the oldest and most. Most. My 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 mid-Atlantic accent sometimes bubbles up. This is the most most. famous Christian structures in England. (laughs) It forms part of a World Heritage Site. It is a cathedral. So I'm clicking on cathedral. Correct, because weddings happen at cathedrals. Yeah. Or, well, a cathedral is a church that contains... The cathedra of a bishop. What's a cathedra? What? I don't know. Is it the body of a bishop? Oh, you were reading that. I yeah. thought you were like telling me. No, no. The oh, a cathedra. I've never heard of this. All right. I'm, I don't want to. I'm sorry if this is like, not, not to you. I'm not apologizing to you, but I'm sorry to the listeners if this is like Catholicism 101. But cathedra? No. I don't know what a cathedra is. I grew is. up Catholic. I don't know what a cathedra is, but it. Oh, cathedra is. Latin for seat of a bishop. A cathedra is a raised throne of a bishop in the early Christian basilica. When used with this meaning, 
It may also be called the bishop's throne. So that's all. It's just a big Okay, it's just a little general chair. general area. Not a little chair, a big, big chair. chair. Big chair. Big chair energy. Big, <laughs> big chair <laughs> that energy. Bishop has big chair that energy. That bishop has big bishop but energy. He might be trying to compensate yeah. for something. BBE, big bishop energy. All right. <laughs> Should we go to stick in cathedral and look for weddings? Yeah, stick cathedral to, right in there. Or go to church. Because I feel like church is a smaller version that, that, also, that also have weddings. I'm going to church. We all know what a church is, Take right? him to church. What? Take him to church, Kyle. Oh, like Hosier. Who's, who's Hosier? Hosier, he wrote that song, Take Me to Church. <laughs> 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 Nothing? No, it's just, this is an Come old... Come on. I'm Gen Z. You know, Hosier's new. Is, yeah? Yeah. Oh, then no, I'm off. No, I'm off. I'm just off Hosier. Yeah, I'm off Hosier. I had too much Hosier. Yeah. No way, Hosier. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> a church building, or simply a church, is a building used for Christian worship services and other Christian religious activities. I didn't know a church. Yeah, I guess I knew a church was just Christian. Just Christians, you're saying? That's what it says, yeah. Right, because Catholics would be a cathedral. That's that's how you know it. Cathedral, Catholics. Is it really? You're teaching me again, Jason. Well, would you Catholics look at that? Catholics 101. God damn, would you look at that? Catholic 101. Yeah. That's wild. Oh, weddings happen in chapels, not churches. We got to get to a chapel, Jason. So Okay, so we can find chapel in there. Yeah, yeah, we can find chapel in here. Oh, Maybe. Yeah. All right. Types. Basilica. The Latin word basilica was originally used to describe a Roman public building. After the Roman Empire became officially Christian, the term came by extension to refer to a large and important church that has been given special ceremonial rites by the Pope himself. Cathedral. Now we're back on cathedral. Cathedral is a church usually Catholic. Anglican, Oriental Orthodox, or Eastern Orthodox, housing the seat of a bishop. Oh, that's, it's not just Catholic. It's got to have that chair. It's got to have that big bishop chair. Big bishop chair. The, ca- the, the cathedral. The cathedral, yes. The cathedral needs to be in the cathedral. So, without a cathedral. You can't have a cathedral. Without a cathedral. Dueling Seinfelds? Yeah, yes. But they're just doing the same joke. And they're wearing bishop hats? Yeah. Well, I see chapel here. <laughs> I'm just going to go to chapel. It's under the sea also. It's a Christian place of worship and prayer that is usually relatively small. The term has several senses. Senses? senses. Firstly, smaller spaces inside a church that have their own altar and are often called chapels. The lady chapel is a common type of these. Secondly, a chapel is a place of worship, sometimes non-denominational. Ooh, non-domi. Oh, non-domi. So they're like uh, Christians or Catholics are like, no, come on in. Come yeah. on in. No, yeah. we got a spot we're n- for you, We're too. non-domi. We're not We're non-domi. To dom you. Yeah. <laughs> Types of chapel. A bridge chapel is a small place of Christian worship. Blah, blah, blah. It's uh, crazy. Nothing on marriage yet? Oh, let's see. Oh, wedding chapel, a venue for weddings. All right. Should I go to wedding chapel or weddings? Probably weddings, right? Probably weddings. All right, weddings. A wedding is a ceremony where two people are united in marriage. Wedding traditions. 
Ooh, we're Ooh. close. There's a link to, to, to tradition. Oh, you're edging me right now oh, real hard. Man. <laughs> Jeez, I just had to show Jason a picture of a Gothic cathedral yeah. to settle him down. Yeah. Uh, wedding mm. traditions and customs vary greatly between cultures, ethnic groups, religions, countries, and social classes. Most wedding ceremonies involve an exchange of marriage vows by a couple, blah, blah, blah. Wedding music. I, do you have a do not playlist, do you think? You I gonna? was thinking about doing doing something like that. Any wedding DJ worth their salt will give you a do not playlist or will say, hey, let's get some songs you don't want to hear. That's, on your wedding okay. day, like the YMCA song. Sure, that w- might sure be that, w- a terrible that that example, doesn't even no. Yeah, that doesn't even bother me. But it has no place at my wedding. I mean, as if, well. if you have a friend that requests that, you need to murder that friend yes. at your wedding. Yes, drown them in a milk bath. I like requesting songs at weddings that are like obvious bangers. Okay, but, but. that people like kind of hate, but it gets people dancing. Yeah. For example, party in the USA. Yeah. <laughs> Undeniable. That does, yeah. Like, I totally agree. Pull to the dance floor. Yes. It gets people wanting to rub bodies with each other. Yeah. It just does. And that's what you want at a wedding. Yeah. You got to set the mood for the bride and groom. Yeah. You got to get them all horned up. <laughs> horned up. So they can be for all freedom. ready. For free. <laughs> that, that is a good choice, though. What other song do you, would you have um, you in the past? Mo money, mo problems. Okay, everybody's yeah. gonna like it. Anyone from our, well, I'm a Definitely. little older than you, very Gen Z, or like very much, much, very much, much older. Little, sure. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it seems like that's the great. type of song that's maybe, maybe you've heard it too many times. Nah, you know, not what? at a wedding. You hey ya, hey ya is gonna get people. That's gonna get even everyone old going. people can enjoy hey yeah. ya. But what's the um, what's the one with Little John? Oh, from the windows to the wall. Yeah, to the sweat drop the, down the, my bones. I, yeah, I see. That's that's why I like it because like you play it and you have it all these slaps. white. Yeah, it slaps. <laughs> you have all these older white people loving it, and it's talking about sweat down his balls and stuff, <laughs> and how much is gonna come. Like basically. Yes, basically, and yeah. that's why you love it. That's why I love it. But again, that's a banger. But I also like, ugh, like I hear, I I remember hearing this so so much where I'm like, I'm tired of it, but. You blast it on a good sound system. Right. And you're trying to get down. Yes. You're trying to get yes. in it. You can't. Oh, oh, oh. You just need some heavy hitters in there. As long as it's not slow and fun. slows down the momentum. Yeah, it's, it's fun. fun. It's got to be fun. It's got to be upbeat. You know, and the DJ, if it's a good DJ, knows how to balance that. You know, like, hey, keep it at the high energy, but also they know that in the energy needs to go in waves. Right. Because right. you can't, tie, you can't, you can't go all you can't tire out people all out. You can't go at 10. This you isn't an EDM concert. Right. You can't go like five songs back to back where everyone's just at a 10. <laughs> fucking getting all hyped up. You can try. You can try. But then like grandma is going to break a hip. <laughs> <laughs> if ba- right. It's bad luck if grandma doesn't break her hip at the at the dance floor. <laughs> Did you know that? Lost. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You've got to take out grandma's hip and the bride and groom pull on each side <laughs> like a wishbone. Exactly. And you make a wish for a long, healthy life together. It's bad luck if your grandma doesn't have her hip bone <laughs> for you to pull. That's a fact. <laughs> it's bad when grandma... Has already gotten a titanium hip replacement. <laughs> it's just hard to pull apart. 
Yo, Grandma. Grandma's the best, man. All right, Jason. So right here in the first paragraph of Wedding, I see music, poetry, prayer. If you have a poetry reading at your wedding. Oof. Oof. At, a, at a dry wedding? You hate your family and friends. You hate your family and friends if you go dry wedding Better with a poetry reading. Done it. Together, those? Yes. Okay, what would be the third to make it the trifecta of bad? I will say a poor musical performance by a family member. That always hurts. Show me poor musical performance by a family member. <laughs> Bing! Definitely. Okay, I can see that happening a lot. That would be That would be bad. It makes it so awkward. Yeah, well, and it's also like, this isn't your time to shine. I know the bride and groom asked you to do this, but it was a mistake. You should have declined the opportunity. Oh, that's our time, Whoa. Jason. All right, we got, well, right here, like I said, We're music, doing some overtime. poetry, prayers, or readings from religious texts or literature are also commonly incorporated into the ceremony as well as superstitious customs. I'm clicking on superstitious. Yes, I was worried it was going to take me to superstitious customs C and like superstition, but it took me to uh, wedding superstitions. I felt like customs, like a company that was called Superstition Customs, <laughs> and they do body work to your car. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of those in LA. <laughs> superstitious customs. <laughs> And you bring your car in. Yeah, yeah, like it throws some holy water in your car Chicken and foot. and it'll like remodel like the uh the the side paneling. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you never get in an accident again again, hopefully. All right, so we are on what? wedding superstitions. Uh as I said, I, I can't get rid of that song uh Wedding Superstitions. That seventy song by Stevie Wonder. Yeah. <laughs> Um, superstition is often linked to practices involving luck, fate, or prophecy. And while many, many weddings are now more focused on celebratory traditions, many are still practiced. And numerous well-known wedding traditions have roots in superstitions from previous ages. A common example of a superstition involves no one seeing the bride in her wedding dress until yes. the ceremony. But the oldest known uh, superstition. All right. So, Jason. Did you go by any of... Did you do any superstitions? Did you I do mean, any? I didn't see Christine before... You married uh, no, her No, actually, we did see... We did. We took pictures together. Right. Like, what? The day before or the, the, no, the morning? Like right before the... Right before we went to the ceremony. I picked her up and we drove there together. Okay. So, I saw her. Right. Um, I don't know of any superstitions that we took part in so she but didn't there do might have she been didn't do the grained in already okay <clears throat> she didn't do the something new something old something i don't think so blue something she walked herself down the aisle see liz should do that yeah i think i walked myself down like a big boy <laughs> and then she walked herself down like a respectable respectably sized woman i'll have my mom walk me down i'm not a big boy yet okay all right <laughs> She'll turn me into a would, little big boy. She would like that. She would like that. That was. Don't it's say mainly. Your mom will turn you into a big boy. <laughs> uh, Jason goes from a boy to a man because of his mom. 
<laughs> she'll release me into the wild to become a man. Ah, okay. <laughs> what? Liz will snatch you up. She'll snatch me you. up. Um, but yes, I think that's something that she would like. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, what, I mean, what do you want to know about these superstitions, Jason? That are they real? Are they well? The general nature of superstition has anybody on paper, like you know, not like have has a groom seen their 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 bride before, and then the next day they're both dead. Okay, so (laughs) European wedding. Well, I could go to pop culture in pop culture. Okay, but that's way at the bottom. Okay, European wedding superstitions. There, I'm gonna click on good luck here. I thought you said glick glock. What? I thought you said glick glock. What's glick glock? I don't know. <laughs> That's why it sounded like just. What did you just say? We're going to go to one of the oldest superstitions, glick glock. <laughs> you got to say glick glock's name seven times in a mirror. <laughs> Otherwise, your bride will die. What is the article though? Well, gridlock? No, good luck. Oh, good luck. There yeah. According to English folklore, Wednesday is the luckiest day to marry, and Saturday is the unluckiest day. An auspicious rhyme from English folklore rules. Monday for health, Tuesday for wealth, Wednesday best of all, Thursday for losses, Friday for crosses, Saturday for no luck at all. I guess the Sunday is just the Lord's Day. Uh, Sprinkling the bride with wheat or rice brings fruitfulness, ensures a good fortune by throwing coins over the heads of the bride and groom. Oh, this one's for you, Jason. Yeah. You and Lizard. If a cat sneezes on the eve of the wedding, it's a sign of good luck. So you got to be sprinkling some pepper around the apartment. Yeah. So if they just sneeze. But what if it's a black cat that walks in front of you, but then comes back, but then comes back around and sneezes? It can't. It gives you bad luck and then cancels it. it. Cancel it It out. Cancels that out. I I would suppose. Tough call. Well, don't be around any black cats the night before your wedding, dude. Yeah, that's true. I'll try. A groom should rub elbows with his groomsmen for good luck. One can save crumbs from the wedding cake to ensure marriage in the future. Ensure what? marriage in, in the, the future? future? Why not? In second wife, you mean? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Just in case, let me save these crumbs. Um, marrying in a church near an uncovered open grave leads to bad luck. Marrying in green is bad luck. It is bad luck for the bride to look at herself in the mirror after she's dressed in her bridal wear, but can be counteracted by the addition of another accessory after this. So if you look in the mirror, add something else on. Oh, okay. If you are a bridesmaid who stumbles walking to the altar, you will never be wed. What if you're already married? No, they don't. They don't allow that. They have to get a divorce. Yeah, yeah you tripped. <laughs> Sorry. Let's see. According to an old wives' tale, if the younger of the two sisters marries before the older, the older sister must dance barefoot at the wedding, or she will never marry. Giving a couple a knife or a set of knives for their wedding gift is bad luck, as it signifies a broken relationship. My uh, mom always used to. Say that it's bad luck. Mama to always my said mom. it's bad luck. My mama always said. Is that your Forrest Gump impression? My mama oh, said that it's bad luck to give somebody a wallet or a purse. <laughs> and okay. if you do, you have to give the money for it. Bad, as a gift? Yes. 
Wait, so like a birthday, let's or, say so your birthday, time. I give you a wallet or or anytime, whatever. Here's a gift. Here's a wallet. Cool, super cool wallet. It's bad luck. Let me get like you would give me a dollar to take the bad luck away. That's funny because okay. same thing with purses. So here's a weird tradition that started when I joined Christine's family. So they've they've had it then. No, no. Oh, it started. Would, when, it started with because me, of you. Because of me. So you had this. You're bringing this tradition. I to didn't them. bring it. No, it oh. just became a tradition now. Okay. So here's what happened. We do something with her family and now my family. Uh, called a gift exchange, where it's kind of like, you know, you can, everyone puts a gift into the pile, you take it, whatever, uh, white elephant, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. Yeah. So sometimes there's joke gifts in there, too. Right. Because, like, her parents throw in a bunch of gifts. So it's just, you just keep picking until stuff's gone. Her mom bought something, and the department store gave her a free Nicki Minaj purse. Okay. This was back in 2014, my first Christmas with them. Your first Nicki Minaj purse. So I opened it. <laughs> my only Nicki Minaj purse. So I opened it. It's this bright pink purse, like pleather with gold, hi- like fake metal, gold yeah. plastic highlights, whatever. It's so tacky. What am I going to do with this purse? Right. So we left it in their freezer. The purse? The purse, yeah. We left it in there. Why freezer. did you put it in the freezer? Because it was a place to hide it. It was just like, <laughs> here, you keep this. White Bone's mom came and visited us at some point. She hid it somewhere. So now every time we see each other, someone's hiding this purse, leaving it in a car, leaving it in a suitcase, <sighs> shoving it wherever. They were remodeling, and I wanted to hide it behind the drywall yeah, and make a video and be like, Here's your purse, but we didn't do it. Anyway, it's an ongoing tradition now. Now, a lot of people... Apparently, it's bad luck uh, to give a purse, so nobody wants it. Well, I guess in this this situation, you're not giving it as a present. You're giving it 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 as as a a dicking. Yeah, as a a burden. Yeah, 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 (laughs) which is fun. That's a a different type of fun. Well, it's really fun because it's also like... I know her mom's trying to hide this purse. When we just went and visited him, I was I was said to White Bones, I was like, your mom's going to try to hide this purse. Like in the car. But yeah, where else is she going to put it? We're on a road trip. Let's do a hard search for the purse. I forgot. But then like her mom slid it in somewhere. Oh, she did, of course. In like a piece of luggage or something. And so now we have the purse. But, you have like, it? Like I, the last time... I had hid the purse. I hid it in the spare tire of her car. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Cause no That's all, all you there. want when you're already having a bad day. <laughs> exactly. As you have pop in and you get double dicked right in the face. <laughs> nice, Kyle. That's a good tire? one. Yeah. Enjoy your Nicki Minaj purse. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cool little uh, game you guys got going that I bet has brought you guys closer. In a fun, in, in a, a really fun, fun way. Sure, Because sure, you, you, yeah. you get it's to know each other's thing. humor. Yeah, yeah. You know? Where are you going to hide the purse? Right. Anyway. Put it, see, next time, okay, next time what you want to do yeah. is you want to put it the put the purse in like a couple of Ziploc bags and then you put it on the toilet tank. Ah, uh, okay. That's a good idea. Yeah. And I don't hope, notice I it. I hope her mom doesn't listen to this podcast. True. Uh, aside from that, they something... got lots of toilet tanks. Although that would have been a genius idea to have it in the drywall, and yeah. then you record a video, and then like everything gets put up. I want a 
I wanna, You'd win. That's I want to like, dice it up in a blender and feed it to them. <laughs> <laughs> and record them. And record yourself making it and show it to them while they're exactly. midway yes. midway through the shake. Yes, drink up. It's pretty <laughs> no, delicious. Keep going, keep going, keep going. How'd going. you get this bright pink uh, color? <laughs> <laughs> Grapefruit. <laughs> that's cool, though. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's fun. Um, anyway, I mean, in pop culture... Here's a big one, you know. Prince William and Catherine Middleton were wed. The bride had Carrick Macross lace for her something old, a pair of diamond earrings from her parents for her something new, a diamond Cartier tiara for her something borrowed because it was given to the queen on her 18th birthday, and a small blue ribbon sewn into the inside of her dress for her something blue. And that's the article. I mean, oh, yeah? I could give you some others, but I think that's enough. Is there one that's very kind of unique or different or like odd? Let's, I mean, I, I'm just going. <laughs> Those are just synonyms, I feel like. In Egypt, women pinch the bride before her wedding. Ooh, to bring where? Her good luck. It doesn't say where. Ooh. I think deal wait, wait, who? Choice? The bridesmaids? Who does it? Who pinches? Women, just women. Oh, just women. Yeah, oh, any lucky. woman can pinch the bride. Oh, ladies get all the fun. Uh, this is in Mexico. As per a Mexican wedding superstition, brides in Mexico might sew colored ribbons into their dresses, yellow to bring the blessing of food, blue to bring wealth and prosperity, and red to allow a passionate marriage. Nicaragua brides believe that pearls are tears of the sea, mm, and wearing jam. them... And wearing them on the wedding on the wedding day will bring sadness to yeah, the marriage. Bring tears, physical tears. Wow. Okay. So no, maybe Pearl Jam is on your no playlist. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Have you ever been to the what is it? Piñata. Not the piano. Piana. Piñata. Piñata. Piñata Grove. What are you saying? When Liz and I were in downtown and we were on Piñata District. Okay. Oh, the Piñata District. Yeah. You say Piñata. Piñata. I say Piñata. Piñata. Okay. Yeah. How did I say it? Piñata? Yo, I mean, I don't know if we cut this out of a previous episode, but you know who's around the Piñata District? No, whom? Churro Boy. Is he really? Yeah. Yeah? Yes. (laughs) I was just there. And you know what I was thinking uh, when Liz mentioned to me, when Liz mentioned to me the sandwiches, uh, I was like, okay, that's cool. That's your thing. We should have the Churro Boy. Yo, if you can't Churro Boy at a wedding, I'm going whole hog. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? You're just coming naked? I'm just eating everything. I'm just going to eat churros. I'm going to be like, Churro Boy is going to be here later. Please skip. Yo. I'm going to skip all meals. Churro Boy is doing a DJ I set. think we can get Churro Boy, right? I think I can get I Churro Boy. I think so. If not, you could get a Churro Man of some sort or another. <laughs> no, I want For a boy. Sure. Yo, I, My tongue needs a Churro Boy. It is so legit. The roadside Churro guys. Where are they? They're few and far between. That's okay. the thing. We stopped at a taco stand in LA, in South LA, like South South. Um, and they had a churro guy too. That's cool. And they just pressed the dough right into the. Wait, you saw it like that? Yeah, they made it fresh. Yeah, like that. Right, because we saw it. We went last time. Uh, you know, our friends were over, so we went to Santa Monica, and there was like the guy. But they were already like cold. Yeah, there they've been for a while. Hot off the press. What? And it was the thing is, he's like, it's, it was like, all right, I'm holding my hands about the width of a softball here, right? He had a bag. That's a softball? That's a good softball softball. you got. Softball? 
Do you know what a softball yes, is? Yes, that's okay. a big ass softball. That, all right, a grapefruit. Okay. Yeah, that's the size of a softball, you dummy. All right. So anyway, about that <laughs> wide of a bag. Uh-huh. That was like three bucks for a bag that big of churros. And it's like, that's a lot of churros. And then he had a bigger bag that was like five bucks. And it's almost like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but that's too many churros for me to eat. I went to this bullshit place that up in the, I think, uh, what is it? North Hollywood, possibly. Yeah. And it's like a churro. Like their thing is like a bunch of churro shit, but it's like, too fancy. It's a brick and mortar shop. Yeah, and yeah, it's like no too good. fancy. It's like yeah. you're charging me ten dollars for this churro. That's it is good. Don't get me wrong, but it's like a little three inch churro. You just stuffed it in with caramel. Yeah, it's, it's delicious. But it's like, and then you're just charging me ten bucks for this shit. Like, come on, man. Yeah, we gotta make a trip to real churro country, which is uh, well, either churro boy or head down to South LA. I'm pretty confident. I could maybe. You just know find, the spot. You just. I don't, but oh. I know we went. We were coming from Long Beach, and we did avoid highways because we wanted to just see the neighborhood. Why don't, why don't we go to uh, what's it called? Uh, Pinata District. Yeah. You're saying that's where he is. That's the so. Because if he's not there, the last known sighting of Churro Boy. <laughs> there's got to be someone else making doing churros the churros. There. Yeah. I mean, he's got a Churro Boy. I've read articles Fuck, about it. Now I'm just kicking myself for missing. for not stop. Well, then if I did stop, though, I, I would be even later here. So. Yeah, but Jason, like I lived downtown and I would go to the Pinata District and I never saw Turo Boy. So oh, really? he's a mirage. He's a ghost. Ooh, a holy ghost. <laughs> of Turo. The Saint, Saint Turo? Saint Turo Saint Boy. Turo Boy. Oh, shit. <laughs> he is. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, that's my plan. I want to get Churro Boy for my wedding. That'd be amazing, right? dude. Yeah. I think like that's totally achievable. If not, you can find a fresh hot churro cart dude. Boy. Yo, I'll figure it out. If re- you want yeah. me to be your churro yeah. boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you can fit in if you can fit into the churro boy out uh, uniform. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we did it. We uh, Yeah, we, we did. did it. I, I knew mean, we, we were going to. We ran a little long, but we got we really bounced around this episode. That was pretty fun. It was fun. We were good. The hippie and, uh, trail to wedding superstitions. The hippie trail of tears that goes from your scrotum to your belly button. To wedding superstitions. To wedding, su- wedding superstition. <laughs> wow. We're going to play that song. That's an, Or is that a no play? No, I think you can play that one. Let's yeah, play Wedding it superstitions. Yeah, so that and also DJ play... All of Michael Jackson. Mm. Hit it. Uh, <laughs> Turo Boy had a bad experience with Michael Jackson. Is that right? That's right. <laughs> Whoa. We'll hear it next. Anyway, uh, it would really help us if people could rate and review the podcast. If you're on iTunes, just scroll down, hit five stars. That's all you got to do. Leave a comment, too. COVID, COVID dependent. This has been Jason. COVID independent. This has been Kyle. Bye. Say goodbye, Jason. Bye, Jason. Bye.